Section 3 of Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael A. Short Stories from Locomotive Engineer's Journal, Volume 52, by Various. The Strategy of Love by Henry Lindsley Doolittle The trouble with these magazine love stories, Jimmy was asserting, is that they're not true to life. The real love of everyday people isn't interesting enough to spread over paper like so much honey upon bread. But there is plenty of true romance as interesting and as novel as the magazine plots, protested Valeria. He glared at the heap of periodicals as if he had a personal grudge against one and all. Ninety-nine out of a hundred of these yarns end up sugary in less than no time, he grumbled, while in real life a man must wait until he is thoroughly in earnest, she finished. Together they had mastered Monument Mountain, one of the most precipitous in the Berkshires. Jimmy picked up a handful of the current magazines and began a stubborn quest for examples to bear out his contention. If they were all so true to life, why hadn't he succeeded better? Take this story, for instance, he cried. A young lady wishes to test the sterling worth of a fellow whom she is about to meet, so she crawls along a back casement, gains admittance to his bachelor apartment through a moaning appeal to his mercy, and after receiving his promise of protection, admits that she is a fugitive lady's maid in possession of some of her mistress's finery. Just as the other conspirators knock, he hides her and bravely faces their charge of concealing a woman in his apartment. They depart, leaving in their wake all manner of base insinuations, and then, presto, my lady emerges and owns up to the test he has been made to undergo. Now, in real life, he would have been too angry, and justly, to forgive her, but just see how the story ends. He pointed a tragic finger to the last paragraph of the story. However far-fetched that may have been, decreed Valeria, it is but a single instance. Remember the Indian girl to whom constancy was dearer than life. Merely a legend, asserted the positive Jimmy. Oh, go away. You're as cynical as an old bachelor today. He turned to another magazine. Ah, here's a typical example, running his eyes through the plot. The heroine saves the hero from drowning in an ice hole. So far, so good. That might happen. Then he proposes, and though she knew full well that he was in love with her, and she with him, and that for some time he had been on the ragged edge of coming to the point, she indignantly refuses him because of what people might say or think. Well, I am not so sure, but that I should have done the same myself. No more skating for us on Prospect Park Lake, asseverated the other, with great finality. What happens next? Why then, mirabile dictu, by rare good fortune, her gown catches fire while they are heatedly arguing the matter before a huge open fireplace, and he saves her life, thus balancing accounts. Oh yes, a very pretty story, but in real life? Bah! It isn't fair to pick out only exaggerated examples, said Valeria. No, he admitted. In a typical case, the beautiful heroine would sprain her ankle. Thereupon the hero would enter in the nick of time to save her from some dreadful calamity, receiving her eternal love as a just reward. She laughed indulgently. Jimmy turned to still another magazine, remarking presently, Here's a love story of another type. Scene. An emergency Red Cross hospital. An injured army officer falls deeply in love with his nurse. But as is often the case, he has a dependent mother. 
he frankly avows his position to the nurse who in return for this confidence refuses to divulge her true name and address he asserts nevertheless that he will find her as soon as his circumstances admit if he has to search the country through and then why what is the matter valeria with a half-startled gasp she clutched wildly for the magazine is the author's name robert robert franklin she whispered let's see yes that's right why oh don't ask me to explain she begged yet you have doubted and i must tell someone will you promise will you promise never to tell a soul her halting words low with intensity struck a chill of premonition to his heart what so vital to her life lay concealed within that magazine story will you promise she repeated in the same tense whisper promise why you know that i would promise you anything valeria but for heaven's sake don't prolong the agony added jimmy totally unconscious that he was at that moment as melodramatic as the maligned writers of love stories could picture him in it all started at the time of the war she began i was only eighteen then young and romantic yes i suppose i mistook romance for patriotism she pursued reflectively gazing across the valley to mount washington blue-veiled in all the grandeur of the distance and suddenly i resolved to enlist as a nurse father would not hear of it what did i know of the hardships involved but i was silently determined and i had my way too some relatives in florida gave me the opportunity i would visit them as a ruse am i tiring you by my preliminary explanation oh don't mind me he deprecated ironically it seems i don't count in this game she smiled slightly only to resume after a momentary hesitation everything went my way even to my gaining access to the hospital without the regulation requirements you see a nurse was taken ill just as i arrived and i stepped into her place filling it as best i might and then he came badly wounded but oh so brave she stopped short to fasten her roving eyes on jimmy's face go on he urged bitterly it is a great place for confidences so far above the littleness of our everyday existence she turned to hide a smile continuing i nursed him for three weeks every day of which was harder for both of us he insisted upon leaving that he would advertise broadcast for his nurse as soon as possible i could think of nothing but newspaper personals and i never read them but he had been so original he certainly has advertised broadcast and instead of paying for it he has made the advertising medium pay him don't how can you be so trivial at such a time he implored suddenly her mood changed to one of bitter self-denunciation won't you forgive me jimmy she begged oh how i have lied to you all the while leading you to believe in my perfect sincerity won't you forgive me and forget impulsively she rested both hands on his shoulder i forgive you he repeated but i can't say the rest i guess you know why valeria again her mood changed like the mood of an april day now will you admit that true romance sometimes lies between the covers she playfully demanded i'll admit anything you wish you can't hurt me deeper oh goody she clapped her hands in ecstasy then slowly rubbing her eyes added lightly now that you've owned up to being in the wrong i may as well admit that i've had such a pleasant dream as she finished speaking valeria regarded him cautiously do you mean to say that you fashioned that out of whole cloth as you went along he demanded in bewilderment why yes i suppose so but i gave you a good fit didn't i 
I just had to do it to show you what might have happened in real life, for it is not polite, you know, to contradict a lady. I have a good mind to shake you. It isn't polite to shake a lady either, was the ready retort. For a moment he was silent. You aren't angry, are you? she coaxed. You know you just said you'd forgive my fibbing. After your savage arraignment of the girl who crawled along the back casement to trap a man, I was afraid you might have as poor an opinion of me, so in self-protection I had to get your advance promise of forgiveness. But there is such a thing as adding insult to injury, he muttered almost crossly. It was such a pretty romance. You oughtn't to get angry. Really, you oughtn't, protested Valeria. Jimmy seemed to be busy pondering some new point. How in the deuce did you know the author's name? he asked at length. I read the story yesterday. That was easy. Well, I'll be... But exactly what he would be did not transpire. Wasn't that a pretty romance? she persisted. Why, you're a whole romance and theatrical troupe combined, answered he with a sigh of relieved admiration. Only don't do it again. Don't, Valeria. And how jealous you were of my army officer. Now I know that you really do care for me, silly boy. To conceal a smile that would play hide-and-seek about her lips, she dropped to her knees and began searching the grass. "'Did you ever find a four-leafed clover, Jimmy?' she asked at last, with a sidelong glance to catch his mood. He was gazing across the peaceful landscape, apparently unconscious of her absence from his side. At the question, he turned abruptly and shook his head. "'If you haven't perseverance enough even to find a four-leafed clover, you shouldn't expect to win out,' she decreed severely." He dropped down beside her, uprooting whole handfuls of clover leaves in his eagerness to disprove her verdict. For a time, neither spoke. At last, she stole a glance in his direction. He had abandoned the quest and was sadly watching a thin ribbon of smoke, all that could be seen of the afternoon express on its downward journey through Great Barrington to the city. "'Why are you so lugubrious?' she ventured. "'Do you really want to know why I am cynical today? Perhaps I had better tell you.' In fact, I brought you here to explain and to ask your advice. Why, what has gone wrong, Jimmy? At once her voice and manner were warm with sympathetic interest. I just heard from Dad this morning, and a nice sort of letter it was. He wants me to start for San Francisco tomorrow. You see, his western business is badly snarled, and he has ticketed me through to unravel the knots. If I go, it may mean a big feather in my cap, while if I stay... He shrugged his shoulders. "'You would have to leave on the morning train?' demanded Valeria. "'That's about the size of it.' "'And miss all the good times we had planned for this week?' Jimmy nodded. "'Then don't go.' "'Oh, what have I been saying? Yes, go. Of course you'll go,' she insisted. "'What right have I to keep you from success? And when you are miles away, remember that I did not try to turn you from your duty.' She shivered as the shadow crept over the mountaintop. Lazily, Jimmy rubbed his eyes. Come to think of it, I guess that was only a dream, too, he meditated aloud. Jimmy Castleton, do you mean to tell me that... that... She could get no further. Confession is good for the heart, but you must remember that you it was who taught me the trick of borrowing from between the covers. It's the first real benefit I've ever derived from magazine stories. I shall take more interest in future. I watched you narrowly. That's what the hero does, isn't it? and I saw my heroine turn pale as sure as fate. I didn't. Besides, it's only the villain that watches narrowly. 
I wouldn't be such a copycat, she concluded with withering scorn. You did turn white, though, he persisted, in no way abashed. And then he went on to add, using her very words with deliberate aggravation, Now I know that you really do care for me, silly girl. I didn't think that you, of all persons, Valeria, would tumble into your own net so easily. It was just horrid of you to take a mean, spiteful revenge on me, she cried, her gray eyes flashing storm signals that awakened Jimmy to sudden misgivings. Oh, come now, let's call it quits, he urged. I'll forget the whole afternoon if you say so. She turned away in silence. With a childish gesture of disgust, he hurled the innocent but offending magazine over the cliff. Still she would not speak. Just my luck to make almost a home run and then be put out of the game for talking too much. The devil must have been preaching to me from yonder pulpit, he said resentfully. Then, straightening up with fresh resolution, he added, I will go to San Francisco now, if that will do any good. Will that do any good? Won't you tell me, Val? He was so wistfully in earnest that Valeria dimpled into smiles. Even there you would know that I... that I... You ought to be ashamed of yourself for scaring me into giving myself away before you had learned to ask me in the proper spirit, she finished lamely, but this time her gray eyes were kindled with a light that portended no storm. And then, and then, but as Jimmy has contended, the real love of everyday people isn't interesting enough to spread over paper like so much honey upon bread. End of Section 3 The Strategy of Love by Henry Lindsley Doolittle